What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast, episode 59. Is that right? I think so. We, we took a break for two weeks, and now I'm, you know, we, this is the first time in, in, in 59 episodes that we don't have like a doc provided and ready. I was just winging so, it. Anyways, yeah. I'm James. I'm Jared. I'm Adrian. Welcome this is back. Bomb City Locker Room Talk. This is the most unprepared episode that we've had in, since we've since this thing culminated last year with us. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah. And, and so, we're a little bit, you know, not under the weather, but we're still lagging and uh, trying to get our wits about us yeah, from the, the trip we just went on. This last weekend, James, a couple of companions went down to New Orleans. The bayou. The bayou. You know, that's a pepper and a gumbo. <laughs> Went down there for his bachelor party. Uh, stayed a couple of days. Uh, now, did you stay at like a hotel or did you Airbnb? No, we stayed at Airbnb. And I can say this. It's, it's the nicest, second nicest Airbnb I've ever stayed at. It, Ooh, was, it was really fired. Not really. Really clean. Um, it was three stories, three levels. Oh, wow. How uh, many beds? Oh, man. It, like who had the how spoon many, because how many you wanted you to think? save a buck? There's how many like, actual beds? There's probably I like think? twelve beds. No, but like how many was... how many bedrooms? Like st- just like standard things with it. Um, actual bedrooms there had to had to at least been six, six, yeah, if wow. not more. And then square but, feet. Just oh, was man. it just a huge space? Probably over it... two thousand. Okay, two to three thousand square feet. Nice. It was uh, it was well big enough to fit all of us and accommodate everybody. So it worked out because the original Airbnb we had it got sold. So the owner was like, I've got these other properties available. If you're interested, you know, you can choose one at no extra cost. So, so hold up. So you booked with the guy in new Orleans and then he said, fuck everybody that's booked. I'm going to sell this property. Yep. And, but he just has a lot of other properties. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It, it worked out and it was really close to the French quarter. I was about to say, how close are you to everybody's bitching about the walk, but I didn't feel like it was that bad to get to bourbon street. Like that first night when we walked from the house to bourbon street, I didn't feel like it was that far. It wasn't that bad when you're sober. Was it bad? Was it, was it bad? Cause you're in new Orleans in the middle of July and it's probably hot and humid as shit. Yeah, it was very, but is humid. it, is it more than like a 10 minute walk? Look, man, was the, it more than humidity, a 10 minute walk? Uh, uh, maybe a little, but that's still not bad. bad. That's I would, still not I would bad. say maybe 15 at the most. Yeah. And, and that's the, not the bad. humidity wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be mainly because it was probably overcast and that kind of contributed to it. But yeah, man, I, I suffered more in San Antonio and Austin than I did there. Screw that place. No offense. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's great. It's, there's a lot of history and there's a lot of, I'm sure great people, but it's so muggy and it your is. balls get so, sorry, uh, listeners, your balls get so uncomfortable. It's miserable. <laughs> That's like the only word to describe it there in Austin and down there. It's miserable. But New Orleans wasn't that bad. I mean, Sunday it was probably the most I sweat because the sun was out. Yeah, a lot. and then it was like raining off and on most of the day Sunday. So I would say, yeah, that I would agree. That was probably the hottest and most humid day of the, of the time that we were there. And y'all got there Friday, right? We got yeah. there Thursday. Thursday. So yeah. that was the that Sunday. Then that was the day, the, the departure day, anyway, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's that's the worst day to have it because you know by that point you're probably tired of it. You're ready to get home a little yeah. bit, and it's just like oh, we God. did some sightseeing uh, Sunday. We went to the French Market. We went to the Jazz Museum. We saw the Mississippi River. Um, mm-hmm. We went to Cafe Du Monde, and we went to uh, Jackson Square and sat in the park. So did we you, went to a pub. Did you have a beignet? Yes, we did. 
Of course I, we did. I've heard. Have you had? A, okay, so have you had a beignet here? And let me like walk on lazy gator. Yeah, get, okay, so lazy does gator. It um, the what is it? Lost Cajun. We've had them there. They were very good, but it's nothing that you should leave town to go get. Oh, yeah, I wasn't. I mean, they were good, but I wasn't like. It was almost kind of like whenever I went to Philly and got the cheesesteaks. I was going to say, is it like a like, hot dog was, in New York? It was like very underwhelming. <laughs> if that's We did have word. beignets across the street at a restaurant called Monty's, and those were amazing. Okay. Yeah. They had a little bit of chocolate in them, too. Well, it seems like Cafe Du Monde is like kind of like a chain in New Orleans. Or I don't know if they expand outside of New Orleans. I mean, but it is you in can the tell, airport. You can tell it's like a chain. It's not like uh, just one local spot. And I I feel like those single local spots are like the place to be so in New Orleans. is the Café du Monde kind of like a, a tourist attraction more than anything else? Somewhat. I think, I, think then, I think there is something when you go to these, you know, more local places like you're saying. I think there's something that does lend it to... Something special about the holes in the wall. Something special about the smaller places. Because if you have high mm-hmm. foot traffic, you're losing your quality. Yeah. Yeah. There you were know? the first day that we attempted to go there, the line was wrapped around the building. There was no way we were going to stand in that line. Yeah. But Sunday, we, we got lucky and we're at the front of the line somewhat. We didn't have to wait that long. But yeah, we had to go there before we left. It, it's a staple. I yeah, get that. It's one of those places when you. Google New Orleans and you look at all the travel guides. It's, it's one of the top places that people go. Um, but I mean, it, it was good, but it wasn't amazing. All right. So one of the things that you had said you wanted to do was like a, like a pub tour and maybe like a ghost walk. Were you guys able to do that? We did. We did do the ghost, the ghost tour. We signed up for it on Thursday. We did it that night. And it sucked because right we were, when it started, we were plastered. We were fucked up. <laughs> and it started raining. And like oh, nobody man. was interested. Like all the guys were like, no, nah, man, let's, let's go. Let's, let's go do something else. And you really couldn't hear the, the lady that was speaking because of, because of the rain. But it was a pretty cool and atmosphere. Because we kept talking over her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably I can just glad. I bet she was fucking pissed at you guys. Was probably. She hit it very well, though. But like I could tell. Just from hearing some of the other guys that were in our group, like oh, so talking a, and joking around, I was like, "Oh my god, we're about to get kicked off this tour." Yeah. <laughs> you know? was, was it a larger group than just yours, or was it? Mm. it was it you? It's about what twenty assholes and her. I would say people. about twenty people. Yeah, yeah. and y'all composed take. of about ten. Yeah. And so yeah, we were half of that. <laughs> <laughs> so after, so did y'all just bail out? We like, just right in the middle yeah, of it. You just we were just off. like, "Hey, let's go back to Bourbon Street, guys." <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I wish I wish it wouldn't have rained, and I wish we wouldn't have gotten so inebriated right before then, so we could have enjoyed it a lot more. But it was a cool experience. I uh, will I will say, and I'm sorry to interrupt James, but I will say, the first house or building or whatever that was that she took us to, mm-hmm. I swear to God, on my life, I saw a dark figure in a window, right? And the light was on at first, well, no, the light was off. And then it came on randomly, and then that's when I saw the dark figure. And I was like, "Did anybody else see that dark figure?" Like, well, I started freaking out, and like, 
and like everybody was just looking at me like I was stupid. I'm like, I'm not like like this isn't a joke right now. Like I know we're on a ghost tour, but I swear I just saw a dark figure in that window. And I still to this day I keep thinking about it like every night, like, holy shit, did I see a real ghost? Or That's crazy. I didn't was see was it. there somebody in the building? I was about to say New I Orleans don't does have a high population of like well, drifters, it, doesn't it? Yes, it's and it's the most haunted Str- city in America. Street folk? What? There, there's a lot yes. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt then that you saw something. I, I, we went in, that's awesome. We went in the oldest to the oldest bar in America. It was at the end of the Bourbon Street. It was the first bar that we went in Thursday night, and that thing was awesome, dude. Like only how electricity that, was the above the bar. bar in America. It was. Is, is this French? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, a pirate right. founded it back in the 1700s, 18th century. So hmm, it'd been around for a long that's time. That's pretty cool. What was the pirate's name? Uh, I can't What's pronounce it. Lot. Lafayette or Lafayette La or some it was like a blacksmith shit. shop bar yeah and it's totally dark in there there's candles everywhere that's cool there's some pictures of celebrities who had frequented the place um Quentin Tarantino okay uh James Franco that's not a couple really a other guys Lafitte Lafitte yeah that's French for the feet. it's <laughs> it's L-A-F-I-T-T-E that's the last name so, yeah, it had been around since the 1700s. You could tell it was super old. Um, that was the coolest bar because it was the first bar, and they I bought, like, a 90-cent drink there. Oh, wow. It says that yeah. it was built in the 1770s during the Spanish colonial period and is one of the oldest surviving structures in New Orleans. So it was built originally as a house and then somehow turned into a blacksmith shop and then somehow turned into a bar. You know, that pirates, like I know it was kind of romanticized in, in the Johnny Depp movies and shit like that, but just that that lifestyle could not have been the least bit desirable. I mean, you're on a boat. It's not even really, I mean, it's not like a ship, a, a fantastic ship and you go underneath. I mean, you're on this, this piece of wood floating around and I mean the diseases that were caught, the fact that you didn't know when I that just that doesn't sound fun. And all the not that I really give a lot of credence or thoughts to, hey, you know, in the sixteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, if I was alive, what would I be doing? Would it be a pirate? But I just wouldn't be a pirate. You'd be contracting a disease and dying by the age of twenty five, I imagine. Yeah. Some weird disease. I you'd probably be like a farmer more than anything else. Yeah. Adrian, what would you want to be if you were alive in the eighteen hundreds? What would I want to be? In, now, fuck it. In New Orleans, back in the day, po- question posed to you two, since y'all were there, I'm sure you've heard a lot of history. What is something that you you wish you could have seen from the original 17, 1800s New Orleans? I would have to say the music back then. You know, I, I, I would imagine there was a lot of street acts and things like that to draw people in to the establishments just like there are today. And how different it would be then. And if I were to live in another, you know, lifetime, I, I would probably be a musician. A jazz musician would have been cool. Yeah. Probably be a jazz. bootlegger. Bootlegger. <laughs> a bootlicker? <laughs> bootlegger. <laughs> a bootlegger. 
Uh, okay, so th- what about like voodoo? Like, did y'all see some voodoo shops? Did y'all try to, to touch in on some of that? Because that would be something that I would. It would be hard to stay away from. Yeah, is some of that dark magic, that black magic, that voodoo. I tried to get the guys into the voodoo museum on Bourbon Street. Nobody wanted to go in. But the last day, I went into a voodoo shop in the French Quarter. It was off of Bourbon Street, and um, there was several altars in there. You can't touch them. Can't take pictures. There's like a police officer walking around. That's the only voodoo shop I went into. Hold up, they had a cop walking around a voodoo shop. Like, was it mm-hmm. was it like a top flight security of the world, Craig, or was it was it a was it an it was actual, like a, a actual police New officer? Orleans police officer? They have to keep him in the voodoo shop. I mean, you see these altars and they have candles all around. They're lit. All this money laying there, alcohol. It's crazy, dude. And then That's voodoo dolls that you could buy. You know, the gimmicky ones yeah, that are yeah. just you know reproduction ones you could buy. Oh, if you if you buy this one, it's going to give you endurance, or you carry it around, it's going to give you protection. I would not like trust a voodoo person with a commercialized doll like that. Like you walk into a legit voodoo place, like, oh yeah, we've got this. This one gives you endurance. I'm like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> that just doesn't sound gifting. And there's a lot of uh, wooden sculptures from Africa that were in there. They were pretty freaky. Yeah, like, like tri- tribal stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. See that would be a lot. Of, that would be really cool to see, because I bet I bet because yeah, it's 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 French heritage that's there. It's Jamaican heritage that's there. Right. It's just it's a huge African melting heritage. pot. Yeah. It's it's, it's everything. Kind of, it's very American. The food, man, was spectacular. Everywhere we went, yeah. I mean, did you eat anything other than uh, dessert? We did. Anything other than seafood, or did you just go seafood the whole we time? We went. We went to a couple brunch places that mm-hmm. were amazing. That's cute. Yep. Did you Dude. get mimosa? Yeah, we did. Hell yeah, bromosis. Bromosis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Adrian found one that was, man, what was the name of it? Uh, so it was a little spot called Hudats, which I'm assuming they got that from the Saints, but it was called Hudats Cafe or something like that. And um, it's a brunch spot. It's only open from 7 to 2. And they're most famous for, which I've, I found when, when I tasted these, they were amazing. They, they're famous for making corn cakes. So basically what it is is pancakes, but instead of using pancake mix, they use cornbread mix. And so it's basically cornbread, cornbread smushed into a pancake, but then they smother it with like cheese and some type of gravy and sausage and bacon. Peppers. It was peppers, amazing. Uh, green onions. It was delicious. So it, it was very different and something that I've never it a, had. Yeah, it's a different flavor on the palate for were there, sure. Were there eggs? There weren't eggs on I that particular dish, no. Because, like, you know, you go to a place around here that sounds like what goes into, like, a Western omelet. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. a skillet omelet. But then instead of using eggs, they used cornbread pan. That sounds good. It was delicious. It was amazing, yeah. <laughs> James, I was very... It was good on the palates. <laughs> it was a, it was a different was, flavor. Like, I never... Yeah, very different. Never experienced. It was very different. Um, it... I, I, it's hard to explain, but it was like you thought it was a pancake, but once you was, tasted it, it wasn't a pancake, right? Because you you don't expect to taste that cornbread type taste. Because the only time I ever eat cornbread is if like I'm eating a pot of beans or like some stew or something yeah. like that. So to have it during breakfast with gravy and sausage and bacon was like very different, and I was very skeptical to try it at first, but I'm very glad I did because it was amazing. 
Does that make you want to go out and, and not necessarily attempt the exact same thing, but try corn pancakes? I would try it. Like just to do it yourself? I mean, I don't think it would be hard. I mean, just, just make cornbread and smush it. I mean, that's that's literally what they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just smushed it into like a can, a pancake shape, flat. And then just smothered it with whatever they wanted to smother it with. Cornbread's know? good. Man, it was amazing. The first place we went was a, um, it was called the Corner Oyster Sports Bar. And, uh, Say that we, five times yeah, I know, right? We had all of our luggage with us. So we all stacked it in the corner. We sat at this huge table and we got oysters. I got a, a po' boy. It was half, um, half oyster, half shrimp. I got the gumbalaya. Got some oh gator bites. Gumbalaya. <laughs> first time you've ever had gator? like realistic authentic gator yes i mean i've had it here i feel like you don't get the full experience here but down there it, it tastes a little bit different yeah a little, bit, a little bit more fresh had better flavor but the oysters man were they they did charbroiled oysters and those were amazing oh yeah those and i'd great. never eaten oysters before never do you try like making out with one of your guys there? Because they say it's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, nameless. No, no. But after we left that bar, we had we had a lot of beer in that bar. Mm-hmm. So did they? Yeah, because Ty Ty kept yeah. ordering like, "Hey, is everybody cool with two more rounds? Yeah, <laughs> let's go." You know, like. <laughs> but, did they? Yeah. Did they have a good like? You know, you go around Amarillo, and unless you want a domestic, you want to stick with the Michelob Ultra, you try to find, not necessarily Amarillo local, but craft beers. Do they have a good craft beer scene or a good yeah, variety? Yeah, they, they had, like, some local craft beer at that place. Um, and I think that's what most of us were drinking. They had, like, a New Orleans, or I think it was called, like, Nola Blonde or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had, like, some good local craft beers. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a huge selection, but... They did have some stuff that obviously we can't get here in Amarillo, which is always a good thing. So we did get a hand grenade from oh Bourbon God. Street. What was that? Friday or Saturday? I can't. I can't do those daiquiris, man. Those da- daiquiris. They had a lot of sweets. daiquiri options. They had like voodoo funeral daiquiri. Yeah, daiquiris. Daiquiris are really big in New Orleans, especially on Bourbon Street. It almost kind of felt like. Like, have you ever been to Vegas and you go on the strip, yeah. you see everybody carrying around a daiquiri? It's the same thing on Bourbon Street. Everybody's carrying around a daiquiri of some sort. But I'm not going to lie. If you tell me $15 for this daiquiri and it's fucking called Voodoo Funeral, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like a great experience yeah. for the night. There were tons of options. Like, you you could walk into one and then walk into another right next door and they'd have totally different options for you. Like, that was a cool part. Like, you could go different places and get different things it wasn't a lot of the same flavors the same types of drinks and the hand grenades i saw those sold at a couple of places but there was those were supposedly the the strongest drinks there in new orleans yeah. i mean and, and i'm sure you 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 all stuck out like a sore thumb but why was it was it a big <laughs> was it a big tourist i mean did, did you see a lot of tourists was it just a lot more people like you similar situations a lot of people like us there was a lot of lesbians really I mean, I so hang on, I, real, real quick. Did you, did you get a little bit? Did you, did you get that? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just ask. There, there is, and this is just from me walking just on Bourbon Street. I mean, because we really didn't go a whole lot of other places besides Bourbon Street. 
Um, just there on Bourbon Street, like I noticed, like holy crap, there's a large LGBT community mm-hmm. here, yeah. and they've actually even got their own little section of Bourbon Street because they've got. Uh, I noticed they got all the rainbow flags hanging up and stuff like that, and um, they've got like three or four bars. They've got the the bar that we were talking about earlier. That's the oldest in the U.S. It was opened in the 1770s. The same guys that owned that one owned or opened up another bar in the same block called Lafayette's Cafe in Exile or something. That's the oldest gay bar in the U.S. That was opened in the 1950s. Oh, wow. And even back then, that's groundbreaking, right? Yeah. A gay bar in the 50s? A gay bar in the 50s. Wow. And so, you know, and they say, like, San Francisco's, like, the gayest city in the u.s and i've never been in san francisco but but wasn't there one a local of the guys that said that one yeah. of the guys that was in the gay bar that me and joseph went to was like oh no honey <laughs> new orleans is the gayest city in the u.s and i was really? like i believe it because i see a lot of gay people here <laughs> there was a i mean it was a lot it was everybody a lot. the coolest thing was you know it, new orleans gets a nickname the big easy everything you know it's just moving at a different pace everyone got along I saw no issues. There was all different types of people. Everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if you're black, white, you know, Hispanic, Asian. I noticed that too. Everybody was just having a blast. And and I can say that it's it's like ten times crazier than Vegas Strip. Oh yeah. I was not I was not prepared for that city. I don't think any of us were prepared for no. that city. Like, I did not think it was going to be as wild as it was. Like, I mean, I've always heard stories about, like, Mardi Gras. But I figured the stuff that happens at Mardi Gras only happens during Mardi Gras. No, they do that shit all year round. Like, it's, it's every fucking night, dude. <laughs> it's every, every night. night. The, the street gets trashed. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, they come through and they clean it all up and they give the street a bath every morning. Mm-hmm. So when you go down there in the morning, it looks great. There's no trash laying around. It looks perfect. But at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, there is trash everywhere, is and it, it smells like piss and vomit and weed. Yeah, in the, weed in the morning too, or just just all the time. Well, honestly, the weed smells all the time. Like yeah. you would think weed is legal there. Is it not? No, it's not. Is it but, decriminalized? Or? But well, and and I was actually me and um, Jeremy went to um, a restaurant uh, Friday morning. And our Uber driver that was taking us back to the Airbnb after we were done, uh, I just asked him out of curiosity. I was like, hey, is weed legal here? And he was like, no, but you would think it is. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, it seems like everybody's doing it. And he was like, yeah. He's like, uh, a lot of people do it. And he was like, really? Honestly, he's like, the police here? Not necessarily that they don't care. He's like, but. They're not going to mess with you unless you give them a reason to Mm -hmm. mess with you. Um, And I guess to them, weed is not a priority. It's not priority, you know. Yeah. Uh, So he was like, that's why so many people do it is because it's so laxed here. Funny, funny concept that don't give someone a reason to mess with you (laughs) and they won't mess with you, whether it's a police officer or not. Don't do shit that's going to piss somebody off. Yeah. And, you know, don't, how does that phrase go? Don't start no shit, won't be no shit. There yeah. you go. I think that's how that goes. Don't start none, won't be none. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and really, like, when we, the whole time we were on Bourbon Street, 
you really didn't see a very large police presence. Um, like even on the busy nights, like Friday, I think Friday, Saturday, you saw a little bit more, but it still didn't seem like very much. Like well, I've watched opposite episodes of cops in Mardi Gras and oh, yeah. and that's when the cops, I'm got sure Mardi so Gras, it was probably two times more packed than it was. When oh we yeah. Went. But it was, it, you know, Friday and Saturday was really packed. Thursday, it wasn't that bad. Like we could move around and go into yeah, different Yeah, Thursday places. wasn't bad. Sunday wasn't bad. But yeah, Friday and Saturday were crazy. So yeah. as you're going down Bourbon Street, is it just, I mean, is, is, is it just businesses or is it all commercial? Are there any residentials that are in some of the taller buildings? Like how? There are houses on that. I think end. there's, I think there's like, I guess, you, I guess you would probably consider them like condos. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like above, I think there's some some hotels and stuff that you hotel, can, yeah. But like towards the end, like where the blacksmith uh, bar was, there's a lot of houses over there. Just people that live there. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine living right there. No, there's people that live all through that French Quarter, and like to and deal with that you, every night. You, yeah, yeah, and I bet you it's expensive to live there too. Which I know the Uber driver. One of the another again another Uber driver told us like, um. The closer you get to the French Quarter, the more expensive the houses get. And uh, prior um, to all the tourism and stuff, the French Quarter was basically, or all the housing areas around the French Quarter were like poor black neighborhoods. But then gentrification happened, and then all of a sudden, those $60,000 valued houses became you know yeah like half a million dollar houses the, the because... house we stayed in was a good million mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of how it, it is in 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 charleston south carolina is where downtown in the really really rich areas there's these multi-million dollar homes that no one even lives in people mm-hmm. own it and you can go and like tour the house but then a block and a half away it, it looks like a ghetto like, yeah it's it's crazy yeah the the houses, the architecture was amazing. It just, it, it felt like you were, yeah, you were in a different country. Like that's what it felt like to me. And I couldn't imagine living right there. All the idiots that walked down there, all the drunk people, like it would drive me crazy, dude. But it, I mean, I, I guess like there are positives to it too, but. It's crazy because like last month, you know, I went to New York to see my dad and I spent a lot of time on like 42nd Street near Times Square. And I will admit that the traffic on Bourbon Street was way worse than the traffic in Times Square, New York. But are the drivers as good? Because those drivers oh, the in drivers New York. Were well, terrible. that's that's the like thing. Everyone... That's here's the thing. That, that that's one thing that's different though is like the drivers on Bourbon Street like expect there to be foot traffic. So, like, they're driving slow and, like, letting everybody walk through. But in New York, that doesn't happen. No. Because in New York, you can drive on 42nd Street. You can drive in Times Square. But, like, Bourbon Street, like, they obviously block it off at certain points of the day so that you can't drive on Bourbon Street. Because you really don't, you don't see any vehicles on Bourbon Street. Yeah, like I'd on say the after like streets, three o'clock. Yeah, they on the cross. It all off. Yeah, on the cross streets and stuff. Yeah, but on Bourbon Street you can't drive, but in New York you can still drive. Like on Forty Second Street, you can drive on Broadway yeah. and on those busy streets. But which blew my mind 
to, mm-hmm. to think that you could drive through Times Square because every single movie I don't think of I don't think in any movie representation growing up that was think, ever that alluded. Yeah. I think they on, the only time they really shut it down is like during New, New Year's Eve and and like movies and like Christmas <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah, and like when they they're, when they're filming movies, but other than that, it's just like a regular street. But you every know? Uber driver that that we rode with like drove crazy and they didn't care. Like they they <laughs> they made their own rules on the road. Yeah. Did you get leave them good tips? Yeah. I mean, well, I didn't have to do buy you, any Ubers. Do you tip? Well, we didn't you. let we didn't let James pay for do anything. Do you do you tip the Uber driver? Okay, so I I bought a lot of Ubers in New Orleans. <laughs> I probably spent a good 200 bucks on on Uber just on Ubers. Yeah. Um so on the more expensive Ubers, like the ones that cost me $60, $70, um, I did not tip because of all the extra fees that they yeah. added on to us. So I was like, screw that. I'm not tipping. Yeah. And I felt bad because, but however, the the last day, on, on the Sunday that we were there, it was expensive to go from our Airbnb or where we were at to the airport. However, the Uber driver was super nice. He helped us load our luggage, help us unload our luggage. So I tipped because of that. Yeah, because yeah, of the fact he that he nice. went, he went the extra mile to help us with the luggage. Um, but like, <laughs> I was charged like seventy bucks just to go from that Hudat brunch place to the Harrah's Casino, which was only like a little over a mile away. Um, because of the demand, it was raining at the time. Yeah, um, it was kind of a busy time of the day. I guess it was around lunchtime. So be, because of that, I did not tip. I was like, I'm not tipping on a $75 charge to for an Uber to the casino because yeah. of uh, my when, when it rained, the prices went up mm-hmm. every time. But substantially. Like $50, not e- $60, not even Not a little wow. bit by a lot. So we had like a, there's a couple times we had to wait till it stopped raining yeah. to get in an Uber. Yeah. Wow. Because otherwise, I mean, we would have paid like ten dollars for that ride, but it went up all the way to fifty bucks. Yeah, like, and I was it's a- worth it to wait. <laughs> like, let's give it ten, twenty, thirty minutes. Like at the, the uh, brunch place, we waited outside mm-hmm. until the rain calmed down. Yep. To to Uber back home. That's crazy. Yeah, I I was never aware that that was a thing, but now now we know. I'm sure it's like that in most bigger cities, right? Probably. Wouldn't you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine it being in California? We're like, no, nah, it's too hot. But in New Orleans, <laughs> like they say, it rains like all the time. Oh, like, dude, it, it's it, on it was so cool. Time. Like the the thunder was different. I don't know how to explain it. It was like like the when crack it, of the thunder. Like when it thundered there, you felt it. Like <laughs> it moved. It moved the ground and moved the build and shook the buildings. Not, like, it was more crisp. Not, not it was louder. Yeah. I mean, you're right there by the ocean. And it, it just rains off and on, off and on, off and on. Yeah. The trees were cool. I mean, swampy looking trees. I don't even know what type of trees they were, but hundreds of apparently, years. Were, apparently, were, apparently they have them in San Antonio too. <laughs> inside joke. Were they, um, like, were, were there areas inside city limits or like kind of where y'all were, where you were staying that were swampy, kind of boggy, kind of made you think, hey, there could be an Right outside of our Airbnb, there. there were it was kind of cool because there were like a row of trees to the right and to the left, and there was a lot of greenery and vegetation, and it, it felt that way. And the coolest thing, the first night we were there, there's a house in front of us, and then there's like a little shack connected to it, and it was a bar. 
<laughs> and there's some locals out there, you know, and they were being really nice, welcoming us and everything. There's a guy on a motorized scooter and he was trying to sell some some meat that he made. Some hoghead cheese. Hog yeah, cheese. Yeah, I never so heard of some hoghead cheese. A guy on a Vespa. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all got some cheese? It was a cool, like, authentic experience, like genuine you know, experience he, that he you get, would want to yeah. want to have while you're there. He gave me some 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 samples too, and I'm not gonna lie, I I ate a couple of pieces, and I was kind of surprised at how well it tasted. Yeah, it wasn't bad. And at I've all. never heard of hogs hogs head cheese, but and he but according that, to him, that's, that's it's a code. staple. It's code for human cheese. <laughs> we went into <laughs> hey, it was still good. <laughs> we went into the bar, and it was it was so cool. It was it was like you could tell it was probably. Over, I think he said seventy years old. Inside, he had a bar there. He had old pictures up of all the locals that would frequent the place and everything. And then he pulls out this. What was it a pig tongue or? A, I never went into that bar. It was like a pig's foot. I think it was a pig's foot. And then he had a pig tongue. He's like, here, pocket. try it. They like their he hog it, over there. He had it in a, a um, like saran wrap. He's like, here, try it. <laughs> Joseph just took a big bite of it. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Took a big bite of it. I never had it before. I mean, it was different for sure. I wouldn't have ate, ate it again. Well, yeah, you ate different. pig's tongue out of some random dude's pocket oh, in his shit. in his bar. Almost, you got to man. You're in New Orleans. <laughs> the, the hogs, the hogs head cheese almost kind of reminded me of. Like, it had the same texture as like tripe from menudo. Okay. Okay, so like if you ever had menudo and you've eaten the tripe, it's kind of kind of got that same kind of slimy mm, yeah. texture. But he, according to him, he makes it different than anybody else in New Orleans because he adds crawfish and shrimp to it. Like he was he, like, it's a Creole recipe, you know? Yeah. He chops up crawfish and shrimp and puts it into the hogshead cheese. And then he cuts it up into like little cubes. And he's like, here you go. Very nice. They went in there. They, we had some beers with them. And then we left. And they were like, yeah, tomorrow we're going to have a fish fry. Y'all come over about 11 o'clock. Okay. Y'all didn't go though. Nah. <laughs> no, we didn't get in till well, we didn't get up till probably ten something and then we left to go eat lunch. We didn't go back over there. And we thought they would be out, you know, having a good time when we got back home. But they're older gentlemen, you know. So I, they weren't out there. Were were any of them just like incredibly hard to understand? Like a couple what of them, like, yes. you just kinda wanna slap them and be like, Shut the <laughs> fuck up and tell me what you mean again. A couple of them, especially when we were leaving the dude was like I, I swear he's like, hey, leave me a book bag or something like that. But everybody thought he was like, he's like, pussack. Pussack. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We what gave him all of our beer when we left. Yeah. And yeah, he took had, a picture of us. We had like a 30 pack of beer still left. And we were he's like, the nicest go. guy, man. I, I'm sure they, they see a lot of people coming in and out of that house that are renting it for the weekend. So they've kind of gotten used to being hospitable and trying to show everybody a good time. It was cool. You know, so we're uh, James. That was that was celebrating James's upcoming wedding, October twenty third. It's it's an open bar. Actually, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but no. All right, so let's let's kind of let's kind of venture away from it and talk, but keep on Airbnb. Um, what do you think of an Airbnb as a good investment in Amarillo? I feel like it would sit there for a long period of time before it got rented, and it wouldn't be a money maker. So. Think about how many people. I mean, we have we have how many hotels in Amarillo? A ton on I forty. Yeah, and on I forty. So imagine and the boulevard. getting a <laughs> motels. <laughs> motels. I mean, if not, you go and cheat not hourly rates, uh, you know. But they they're they're saying that um, a lot of homes in Wolfland, a couple of other homes, just kind of on I forty, 
even in uh, areas like Belmar, Puckett, some of these homes are selling, uh, buying, and people are using them as Airbnbs because we have such a high occupancy rate at, at our hotels mm-hmm. that there's good money in that. Do y'all see that as a good investment? I mean, like if you were going to invest in real estate in Amarillo, was I that feel what like you would do? If you're close to I-40, maybe. And if you're in Wolfland, that's an attractive area. People are going to want to go in there and, and see the neighborhood. So maybe if you live in that area or in Bivens, it would yeah. be another good neighborhood. Or downtown, you know, off you know Polk and that area, uh, Plymouth's Equal, all that. The, you know, the old, old neighborhoods. But other than that, I don't see any money in it. I mean, if I was going to invest in an Airbnb in Amarillo, I'd probably invest in somewhere off of Sansi because that's where you have... That's true. That's where you have all your shopping. That's where you've got the mall. That's where you've got, uh, you know, a bunch of different restaurants and things of that nature. Um, close to I-40. And it's close to I-40. And then, you, of course, you got Cadillac Ranch. It's kind of close nearby there, which is where everybody wants to go for some odd reason whenever they come and visit Amarillo. Um, it's so. whack. Well, even, Trash. Yeah, on on Sonsi, you'd be close to Synergy or Synergy, you know, yeah. Um, that's and true. then Town I, Square. That's is, something um, we don't, as locals, we really two. don't take into consideration when we think of how busy Amarillo really is because of the interstate. Yeah, like it's people don't people don't realize how far I forty stretches. Like it stretches as far east as North Carolina and as far west as Santa Monica, California. So, I mean, it's it's a very long stretch, and, a, and we get a lot of traffic through there. And a lot know? of people get tired. They want to stay the night or mm-hmm. a couple of days in a city they've never been in. I could see that. Yep. And what, we're four hours from Oklahoma? I mean, that's that's a long yeah, three, way to go. Three, three and, and a half, like, yeah. Um, I might need to stop. You know, you could get to Oklahoma around like seven, eight o'clock, and they're like, "All right, I want to." It's a go. good stopping point. Like if you're in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. you go through Amarillo. You're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, we're gonna rest here, then we're gonna make it to Oklahoma City in the morning." Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah. I, I don't know. Would you invest in an Airbnb? Hell yeah. Here? Hell yeah. You think it'd be a money maker? Hell yeah. Well, just just because we have a high hotel occupancy rate, and especially during summer months. Uh, sod poodles coming in. Mm-hmm. Amarillo also does a really good job of. Um, we don't necessarily host baseball teams and stuff like that, but people come through Amarillo for baseball games, soccer games, on their way to Dallas, things like that. Like you said, it's like an overnight. And if you're in one of those older established neighborhoods that look nice or somewhere real close to I 40 with easy access that's on a nice side, and you find a three bedroom, two bathroom. With a big enough yard and you, I mean, I think it, I think it'd be a good investment. I think that, I think Amarillo has a really good opportunity to highly commercialize itself with that stuff. But I I know that that's also going to drive the housing market in a different direction in some of those neighborhoods. If 50 houses start getting bought, you know, houses houses get bought up for that. I would think that you'd have to have your place in an, in an attractive neighborhood that, that people want to, spend a day in you know not just some random neighborhood like off of i-40 you go into plains in that area or something hamlet yeah <laughs> oh, fuck you've chosen the wrong airbnb if you're you wind up in fucking hamlet that's for sure everyone needs all you know alternatives <laughs> yeah lots of opportunities so recent news guys uh we gotta touch on it um OU in Texas leaving the Big 12, heading to the SEC. You know, what I thought was strange is I could have sworn I read in an article yesterday that said 
that OU in, in, in Texas were just thinking about it and that these were rumors. And then today it's like it's all but confirmed and it's, oh, it's happening. It's like an avalanche. Week. It just keeps coming. Mm-hmm. I heard that they had been in talks for about six months behind closed doors. So is it just because they are not getting looked at? First of all, Texas is not there. Texas may have been at one point, but they're not there anymore. As a brand, they'll always be there, kind of like the Cowboys. Cowboys suck, but their brand is so strong. Their their fan base is so so you know healthy and big. I mean, it's but they worldwide. can't compete at the same level. But I, anyway, anyway, the point that I'm trying to get to is is that their goal and their mindset with this is okay. We need out so that we can get the kind of recognition and opportunities of recruits. championship gains, the recruits yeah. that the SEC has. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it definitely benefits Texas more than it does OU. Because no matter, I don't think it, it doesn't matter what conference or, uh, yeah, what conference OU is in, they're going to get the good recruits because they're a winning program every year. doesn't matter. Texas hasn't uh, really won since the early 2000s when Mac Brown was there. You know, um, they've been struggling. Um, so I think with them moving to the SEC, that's going to help them get uh, a better recruiting class. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. The thing that makes sense to me is, um, of course, the financial revenue that they're going to bring in. They're part of a conference that their fan base of all the teams are very passionate, tons of history, and I feel like those fan bases match OU and Texas's fan oh, bases. Yeah. Let's, and we don't. Yeah. I can't remember the last time OU. I mean, OU played. You know, Notre Dame at home, Ohio State at home. But those are non-conference games. Like we don't get highly touted, top-ranked home games anymore. And with being in the SEC, you're going to get those big-time, prime-time games because you're playing higher competition. You're playing teams that are just on another level, and it's going to bring in more more money, more people, fan base is going to grow even larger. I just see it being a smart thing for, for them to move. So was this move, did it have anything to do with the, it's not new, it's a couple weeks old or a week old, something like that. You know, the big push that the horns down is no longer going to be allowed and it's going to be like offensive or some stupid shit like that. No, I don't think that has anything to do with it. That's, I mean, Seems, and, it seems kind of coincidental, though, that the team that would make the biggest upset about it, they just partnered together and pretty much said, fuck you, Big 12, we're out. Well, I think OU and Texas have carried – OU just carried this conference for the past 10 years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, and A&M left, that was a sign that the, the Big 12's dying and it's not going to last long. And I'm surprised it lasted another 10 years almost. So I mean, it was it's time for there to be a change. I don't I don't know why people are so upset. There was going to be a change. It was inevitable, mm-hmm. and it's just it's coming to a head now. And you so, know, where does that leave the other teams at the conference? I've heard Kansas has reached out to the Big Ten, Tech, TCU, Baylor have reached out to the Pac-12. It's just everybody's got to scatter. I think the Big Twelve is pretty much done for, and really, you can't have you can't have. Texas without OU, you can't have OU without Texas. That is the biggest rivalry in college football. They're two blue in, bloods. In, in, in my in my opinion. Yeah. People say, oh, Ohio State, Michigan, but no, it's Texas OU. <laughs> it's always been it's always yeah. been Texas OU. Um and so I think for both of them to go to the same conference is very, very smart money wise. 
tradition wise, um, like it's just tradition wise. Yeah. All around. It's a good move for them and everyone else. They're just, they haven't carried their weight. I mean, look at, look at the second best team in the big 12 right now. It's fucking Iowa state. <laughs> and Iowa state now has a third largest stadium in the big 12. Like they've grown so much. I can see Iowa state going to the big 10. I can see West Virginia going to the ACC. That makes sense geographically. Yeah, I think the Big 12 is pretty much done for, honestly. If, yeah. if Texas and OU are officially leaving, they're, they're done for. We're going to go so to a Power be, 4 instead of Power 5 now. Yeah, is it going to go – I mean, is it going to be something that happens and it gets pushed into effect and these teams get placed before, I think, before football season starts? Or is this no, something that's going to take a year? This is going to take um, at least three to five years in – from what I've read and I understand because there's so many media deals that they, that the big 12 has with these programs and schools. So they're going to have to also let everyone make their plans of what they're going to do, because this can't just go in effect this season or next season. Like it's going to take time for all these other schools to disband and go join other conferences. So it's going to take a while for all of this to actually come to fruition and everybody get to where they want to be. And now that, OU and Texas have announced this, their interest in the SEC, all these other schools can start looking elsewhere. It's going to be interesting to see where these teams end up. I could see Tech being a group of five team now, you know, being a mid-major school. I, and or it going to the Pac-12, I don't know. It kind of sucks because, like, I would, I would miss seeing Texas play Texas Tech. I will miss them um, playing TCU. I'll miss them playing Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um but, I mean, it is what it the is. The cool thing about if Tech joins the Pac-12, you being a Tech alum, wouldn't you want to go down to Lubbock and see them play USC? Oh, hell yeah. See them play Oregon. Yeah. Stanford. Mm-hmm. You know, UCLA, Cal, all those schools, Washington. That would be sweet. That would, for Tech, that would be a great thing. That yeah. would rejuvenate their fan base and make their university and program grow. And they have all that recruiting out on the West Coast as well. I think it's a good thing if they join the Pac-12. So do you think we're going to see a shift, not necessarily in, in, in terms of um, a complete change and dropping in, in, in the success of some of these programs, but all these new, um, all these new income adjustments that have made and these, these pa- players are able to get you know money off their likeness, are we going to see the SEC slip a little bit in terms of the most profitable programs, because let's face it, they're the most profitable pro- profitable programs. Are we going to see that change when some of these other universities decide to maybe enhance, and, uh, be more enticing and entice more players? Possibly. I, I think the SEC and alone, they, they draw in the most money. They have the most TV deals. Like, I mean, their own, the SEC network is owned by ESPN. But mm-hmm. that's but that's I mean play you know ten years from now five ten years from now it's going to be the players running this it's going to be yeah, like, agencies running this and not it's no longer going to be the universities. Well, I heard the Bryce Young, the starting quarterback for Alabama this year, he's never played. Okay, he's never started a game. He's already made a million dollars. Yeah, in endorsements. And you know, athletes that can make that much money in the SEC, the the elite athletes are going to flock to the SEC. You feel? I feel like I mean, I mean they're gonna and kids in California too. Like you know at USC they're gonna make a lot of money in in Cali and you know they're right there in LA. It's just it's gonna be crazy because it's gonna be so top heavy. You know the the, the star player is gonna make so much money, but the other guys you know linemen, the, 
the lesser guys that don't see the field as much, they're not going to make anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they may make a few here and there, make, you know, like autograph appearances and things like that, but it's the big notoriety players that are going to benefit from this. And I've heard, you know, some players that are willing to give the rest of the team money. Yeah. Like there's no law against that as long as it's a gift. Yep. Can you imagine like back in the day if Tim Tebow would have benefited from this, he would have made so much money. And if I were him, I would, I would pay my offensive line the most. They deserve it. They're protecting him. Uh, you know, pay the pay the guys that are protecting you, and but I would be greedy with the money too because a lot of these kids they may may or not have a career in the NFL. Yeah. So you hold on to that money as long as you can. Do you see this having a big impact on NFL on NFL NBA on pro sports? Do you see there being because I enjoy college sports a lot more than I enjoy professional Same here, sports. Yeah. And being and knowing the fact that hey, this now it's a nineteen year old kid that's making a couple million dollars a year, yeah, and he's really good to watch. But are are we going to see the reasons that we don't like the NFL, the NBA, and shit like that? Is because they 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 talk too much, they're too opinionated, and that's not why I want to I want to watch you to be entertained, right? I don't want to watch you to hear about all that other crap. If they're making money in college, I I feel like they're going to stay in college longer. A lot of these guys are going to not opt to go to the NFL so soon. If they're a star player, they're going to continue to make money in a little college town, you know, good money that they may or may not make in the NFL because, you know, it's only on average a three-year league in the in the first place. I mean, that's the average career length. So if I were I a no college – I had no idea. Average is three years. Three years, that's it. Crazy. If I were a college player, I would want to stay in college as long as possible. If I was a star player, you can milk it for all it's worth and make so much money, you know, Think about Vince Young. He he probably would have made five million while he was in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It, it's it it seems like over the last twenty years, no, not even over the last twenty years, maybe more. Um, it seems like with the influx of the amount of money that professional athletes are getting paid, the harder it is to watch them, and that has nothing to do with their success. I mean, nothing power to them. They are incredibly successful, and they're they're great athletes, and they're at the top of their game, and they're amazing to watch. I just can't hear them talk about shit, it's like just, they're an authority on something. It's, it's such a dog eat dog business in the NFL. Like nobody's loyal; everybody's just looking out for themselves. Yeah. But uh, I've always been a college guy. I mean, I've been since I was a kid, following college football more than the NFL. But as a kid, I was a huge, you know, Cowboys fan. Family was. Of course, they were good back then. Now they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and on that, we're going to end our conversation because fuck the Cowboys. Um, Let's talk about some Aaron Rodgers real quick. <laughs> I, I called it. I, I'm going to I'm going to look. I'm going to listen to every single one of our episodes because we talked about this not long ago, and I said it. And I think Adrian was here, and I think Adrian was the only fucker that believed me. <laughs> and that's that. Rodgers is going to retire. No amount of money is going to get him back. He's gone. He's done. He's already they. Packers, which they they announced this the other day, but it's like old news. Like I don't know why they announced it again, but um, he we already know he turned down um, a massive extension deal that would have made him the highest, not just the highest quarterback in the NFL, but the highest player, highest paid player in the NFL. And he said, "Fuck y'all," which basically proves. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers is not about the money. No. He's been feeling disrespected by the team for a long time now. 
and um, it's not the relationship is not getting any better. And now today the news is breaking even worse because Devonte Adams just declined an extension, a, a long term extension deal. Oh. So if we lose Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams, I'm sorry, but Packer Nation, we're fucked. Fucked for a while. <laughs> we're fucked. But this seems like it's another <laughs> Brett Favre situation all over again. Well, see, like and why I didn't think- they learn from Brett? See, and here's the thing is that the Brett Favre situation was completely different from the Aaron Rodgers situation because Brett Favre, the thing with, with Brett Favre is he retired. Okay, after that NFC championship loss to the Giants, um, he retired. He said, I'm not coming back. I'm done, right? Then, so the Packers were going into training camp with Aaron Rodgers as their starter. And then Brett Favre all of a sudden had a change in heart and said, well, I'd like to come back. And they're like, well, we already done decided Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starter. So you can compete with Aaron Rodgers to get your job back. And Brett Favre was like, no, fuck you, trade me. And that's exactly what they did. And they traded him to the Jets. So I think this situation is a lot different because the Packers don't want Jordan Love to start. You know what I mean? They they are fully committed yeah. to having Aaron Rodgers start. It's just that Aaron Rodgers is upset that they've gotten rid of certain players that, that he didn't want them to get rid of. Um, he's not happy with their GM. Um, and... Is this the same GM that was there? No, this is actually a new GM. So the old GM was Mark Murphy. This is a new GM. His name is Brian Guntekist, or however you say his name. (laughs) He is the one. (laughs) He is the one that got rid of Jake Kumro, who, in my opinion, would have been the next Jordy Nelson if they would have just given him the chance. But they didn't. They cut him, and then he ended up uh, getting signed uh, with the Bills. Okay, uh, he was a very talented receiver. I don't know why they didn't give him more playing time. I thought he was better than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think he's better than some of the other uh, receivers that they, they've been starting. Um, but they didn't <laughs> give him the chance. Uh, and like I said, they ended up cutting him. Uh, they ended up trading away Randall Cobb. Uh, they basically forced Jordy Nelson to retire. Um so, so yeah, he's just hasn't hasn't been happy. It's um, just going to be a complete rebuild for the Packers if this goes possibly, down. possibly. And like I like I've said, uh, and and I I think another factor is Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is like, well, Not if Tom that. Brady, if Tom Brady, who's been in the same system for twenty fucking years, can go to a brand new team and be successful and win the Super Bowl. So can I. Not only that, though, Tom Brady did it with a torn MCL. He's just a freak, dude. He's arguably... And Tom Brady is older than Aaron Rodgers. The greatest athlete of any sport. But Aaron Rodgers, um, he's got, what, three years left on this contract? What do you see him doing? Something like that. Um, Honestly, I don't know. Um, I could could honestly see him... I could see a, a a bunch of different scenarios... I could see. I don't. I don't see the Packers trading him. That I think. I I, I I could see him retiring or sitting out an entire season before they trade him. Um, uh, but 
I could also just see him saying, you know, you know what, you know, just fuck football and I'm going to enjoy my new life with my new wife or future wife, you know, Shailene Woodley. This is I mean, his he, new fiance that he got engaged. He has plenty of fun outside of football. He's a, he's yeah. a cool, cool guy. Great personality. Really like is. the Jeopardy thing. He's interested in doing that too. Mm-hmm. He wants to host Jeopardy? Yes. That's fun. Yeah. There were rumors swirling around that he was going to quit football, do that, or do that and do football. It was only going to take like 45 days to uh, shoot the entire season. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good fallback. I mean, but he still has years left in the tank, and he could go somewhere and be very successful. Mm Mm-hmm. And I could see him very, very much How old going he? somewhere else. He's 36, I think, going on 37. Okay, so hang on. He's 36, 37, but mentally, where is he? If he spent the last decade, decade plus, in this program that he doesn't like, in this program that he's been disrespected, does he, and this is what I, I think this is the point I tried to make last time, is I think he's done with football. He could be. I don't, and, but and, I still feel like he see, has I think he, I a little think bit more still, desire to play. He still wants to play. And he's even gone on record saying, hey, I'd like to play till I'm 40. You know? And he can. He's and got he the definitely talent. can. He's, he's very talented. I think he's the most talented quarterback athletically in the league. All right? Everybody calls Tom Brady the GOAT. Yes, he, he's got seven championships. You can't... You can't uh, argue that you no one can top that but people put too much on titles and don't focus on athletic ability and when it comes to athletic ability Aaron Rodgers is by far better than Tom Brady mm, we can we can argue that all day athletically yes. <coughs> athletically I would agree with that. athletically he is the better quarterback than Tom Brady Tom Brady can't run Tom Brady can't throw off his back foot who do you Tom feel Brady, has a better Tom arm? Brady, Tom Brady can't can't throw uh, no look passes. Okay, <laughs> even Tom Brady has even said on record, Aaron Rodgers is better than me. All I right. feel like Aaron Rodgers does have more arm talent than Tom Brady. He he can escape the pocket. He can use his legs when he needs to. Yes, he's a little bit mobile. I think top two, you got Aaron Rodgers and you got Patrick Mahomes. Athletically, right, right now. Athletically, yeah. right now. Um, Lamar Jackson. I mean, because and 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 the whole title thing. I mean, which I know we're kind of changing the subject, but like the the reason why I say this is because of okay, take basketball for example. Everybody says Michael Jordan's the goat, right? And a lot of it is because of his five championships. Okay, well, Robert Ory's got seven, but how many people are saying he's the goat? Nobody. Like Bill <laughs> Russell has like what? Bill Russell 10? has six. Six or seven as well. Jordan has. He's six. got. He's got. He's got more. He's got more than Jordan. Kobe has five. LeBron you know, has three. You know, like you can't. To me, you can't just use rings and titles as 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 a goat. Uh, debater. You know what I mean. Uh, Trent, <laughs> Trent, Trent fucking Dilfer has a fucking ring. <laughs> goat debater. But are but are but are we gonna say he's better than Dan Marino? Fuck no. No. No, fuck I, no. It, there's a lot of things that you know. For me, there's a lot of things that go into that conversation about you know to to really build the argument of, of who's a goat and who's not. Championships, I feel like, have to be in the conversation. But when you're the leader of the team, but not the only variable that weighs if yeah. it makes him a goat or not. No, but it helps. 
It helps. I mean, the leadership. Is, the rings is, do help. Yes. The, the rings if you're help. if you're an effective leader, you've got those championships. To and, back you're not, it. you're not, and, and you're not. You're not. no like, offense to him, but you're not the lineman in that. But it, it is a team yeah. sport. You're the you, of plays. A lot of those guys that, that win a lot of rings, they, they've got a good cast around them. Yeah, like Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw is the most yeah. overrated fucking quarterback in the history of the <laughs> NFL, and he but he's got four rings. He had Lynn but Swan he but he and, had the best yeah. fucking defense throughout the entire seventies. With the fucking Pittsburgh Steel mm-hmm. Curtain, you know, um, he had a Lambert. great run. He had a great yeah. running game, you know. Um, great uh, receivers. I. But you I look, mean, yeah. There's a lot of quarterbacks not, in the I'm Hall not, of Fame. I'm not, not going to put and Terry look Bradshaw at their, on the goat. You look at their numbers. I know it's a different time, but back then, you know, you look at you look at guys like that that threw like twenty interceptions and. and and 18 touchdowns and mm-hmm. like that's their regular consistency of of uh TD to completion ratio and it's just like damn they're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But that's that's it's all about championships. Like you you win championships, they view you differently. Yeah. Even if you have subpar stats. Mhm. No one remembers the loser. <laughs> <laughs> no one remembers the loser. They always remember the winner. I mean like yeah. Chris Paul are you going to put Chris Paul in a category of, of, you know, one of the best point guards of all time? Mm, no. Probably, not. probably he got, not. He got there. Finally, he got there, but he lost. And it's not necessarily because he doesn't have rings. I mean, when I think of great point guards, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to put <coughs> him in the same category as like an Iver, Allen Iverson. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Would you put him with the Jason Kidd? Steve Nash? I'd probably put him with Kidd and Nash. Okay. Yeah. He's he's that caliber. But yeah, it's just so many variables that you have to put, take in consideration when you're making that argument. And it's, it's so subjective. There's no real objective way to look at it. It's just it's mm-hmm. up to interpretation of how you want to look at it. It's all about perception, you know? Yeah. Well, one goat that I think we can all agree with... America's sweetheart, Simone Biles. I'm excited to see what she's going to do in the Olympics. Yeah, when is she um, competing? I think I think Olympics start tomorrow on Saturday. I think I'm not. Or, or did I say Olympics or gymnastics? You said Olympics. I'm fucking dumb. the Olympics is started. The, the Olympics already started. I mean, I meant gymnastics. I think the gymnast gymnastics start tomorrow evening, but I'm not positive. I'd, I'd have to look at the schedule. She's but. working on. I can't remember. She's apparently she is attempting uh, a move. I don't know if it's called a move or a or a, a trick. I don't know. A trick. That, that, that's that's <laughs> never that's never been done before. That's or have cool. they? Or have they? And it's like a, it's like a double quadruple lutz lutz <laughs> double lammy or something like that. Um, but I guess I, I guess if she um, there's there's one competition that she's in, mm-hmm. um, and if she wins it, she'll receive a gold medal or like a gold medal in all five areas. Um, that you can compete in in gymnastics, and she'll be the first woman that's done that. So well, she's wh- awesome. What are the sports that you're looking forward to the most viewing? Um, I honestly, I like swimming, mm-hmm. and I like the gymnastics. Michael Phelps kind of made the swimming thing really popularized, yeah. right? Yeah. Did you watch a lot of that back then when he was competing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I I didn't necessarily watch it because I was a huge Phelps fan, but like you said, it was he was fun to watch. It was, he was different. An yeah, he, he was a freak of nature because mm-hmm. dude's like six seven, and I just remember watching him like as they warm up, and I'm like, dude's a dolphin. The dude like, the had like massive move. back. His back was 
freaking like a mile wide. Yeah. The dude was just unreal. But I like some of the extreme sports they've incorporated into the Olympics. What was it? Skateboarding, Skateboarding surfing. Surfing. I mean, that's cool. Skateboarding Absolutely. is the one that is really impressive because that that is one thing I remember watching as a kid and thinking this needs to be an Olympic sport. Why not? Why I is it to, not? It's worldwide. To, I used to love watching the X Games. Oh, X Games oh, are yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah man. That, to me, those are the sports I really want to see because you know softball. I watched a lot of softball this summer watching OU win the national championship. That was cool. Yeah, and I, that's the most softball I've ever watched. I like watching soccer. Soccer's cool. I do like watch because I like watching the World Cup. Soccer's one of those games that I, I I just I think it's fun to watch. I think it's interesting when they're on the pitch. What's your favorite yeah. sport? I'm I'm definitely excited to see baseball and softball return. They should have never been taken out of the Olympics yeah. to begin with. Um, 2008 <coughs> was the last time both of those sports were in the Olympics, and I think it's very fitting for both of them to return in Tokyo because. Uh, baseball and women's softball is, are very, very huge in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a kid, you know, I played softball uh, growing up. Um, I played softball in high school, and I used to love watching uh, the USA team dominate. I mean, we dominated yeah, we back did. then. Um, we did lose in 2008 oh, uh, in, uh, in Beijing to Tokyo. Uh, or to, to to Japan, so it's cool to see um, certain players like Kat Osterman, who I, who I've been a big fan of since I was like a senior in high school because she she pitched for UT uh, and she's from Houston, uh, so I'm a big fan of hers. She's one of the best college pitchers to ever 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 pitch in history of of uh, college softball. Uh, so for to see her at 38 years old pitch the other night um, against her opening game against Italy. Uh, was really really cool. Uh, she was pitching like she was still, you know, twenty years old right. pitching for UT. And that's um, correct me if I'm wrong mm. though. The but the the softball pitch is better for your arm and your shoulder than it's better for your elbow. Right? Better it's, for your elbow, okay. right? Because like a lot of baseball pitchers, over time they get they they get a lot of wear and tear on their elbow, and a lot of them end up having to have Tommy John surgery in order to repair it. So with softball, they don't have that issue. And it's crazy because, like, a 65 to 70-mile-an-hour softball fast fast pitch is equivalent to a 90 to 95-mile-an-hour baseball fast ball. crazy, dude. So, just, do, just in relation to distance from the pitcher to the batter, right, right, because obviously with softball, with fast pitch, the distance between home plate and the mound is a lot shorter. Mm. So be, and so with the speed and the, the distance shortage, um, it's almost when, when you see that underhand pitch, um, I, I remember watching a long time ago, Jenny Finch, who is very hot, by the way. She was one of the, she used to, she was one of the, she used to play on the U S Olympic team and she played for Arizona, uh, during her college years, she pitched um, some fast, some softball fast pitches to Barry Bonds mm-hmm. on a Fox MLB Sunday. It was like a segment on Fox MLB Sunday, and uh, Barry Bonds could not hit off of her. Like she, he made contact with like a with a changeup that she threw, but it was like a weak little ground ball, and that's all he could do. And Barry Bonds was one of the 
greatest home run hitters in MLB with an asterisk. But um, <laughs> I found my Mark McGuire big stick. But it's because those, like, oh, <laughs> you know, because those 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 baseball players are not used to number one the that underhand pitch, and of course the mound being so close. So um, a lot of them find it to be a little unhit unhittable, you know. So and yet, if you watch those those games, those softball batters take like a running start. Some of them do, especially your leadoffs. Yeah, yeah, like it's so. I mean, it's 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 so interesting the amount of I don't want to say disrespect, but the amount of athleticism that it, it's it's a lot more technical. Baseball, yeah, softball. It's, you have to have more athleticism. It's it's a lot more technical. You play a lot more small ball in softball versus baseball. Where baseball, every guy's trying to hit it out of the park, you know. But in softball, it's all about small ball. It's all about getting on base. Mm-hmm. It's all about getting on base, um, not necessarily power like it is in baseball. So you're saying softball is more baseball than baseball? Pretty much, yeah. Especially yeah. at a professional level? Yeah, very much so. That's kind of nice. Very much so. Because and I think it's, it's, only, it's honestly because it's so hard to hit the ball because, like, if you've ever watched, okay, like, like take Kat Osterman, for example, she has a lot of different uh, a different array of pitch- pitches where like she'll throw a rise ball where it's coming straight at you and then all of a sudden it just shoots up right oh, that's a rise ri- ball rise ball rise ball r r i s e rise ball it rises as it's coming out right erection and then they've got um their changeups which are kind of similar to like a slider in baseball, where it's coming straight at you, but just as soon as it crosses the plate, it drops down. So it's it, it's it's very hard to hit, especially when you have uh, when when you're facing a very good pitcher. And then um, they've got those outside pitches that again they're coming straight at you out of the glove, but then at the last minute they just move off to the side. Um, it's it's hard to explain until you're actually standing in in a batter's box on top of home plate and you see that shit coming at you. Um, it's they're very hard to hit, man. Very hard, very hard. Um, and that's yeah. what makes it so exciting. It is exciting watching the the College World Series. Man, those, those girls, their aces, mm-hmm. they were so good. Like the yeah. the chick from uh, was it James Madison? She won. Odyssey Alexander. Yeah, yeah she she, yeah. she is legit. Yeah, and it was really awesome to see like all those OU fans like giving give her a standing ovation, and that's how much respect that uh, you know because softball is obviously pretty big in Oklahoma City because they've had the women's college World Series there for years now. I, uh, I mean, it's been there pretty much since the start. Um. And so that tells you how much respect that those fans have for the actual game of softball, seeing somebody from an unknown college coming out there and giving it her all and putting her team on, on her back, you know, and, um, you know, getting getting that school that far, you know. I'd the, love to the, go see yeah. a game someday. Oh, it'd be awesome. And it's not that far away. So, yeah, I mean, we should definitely go. It's right across sure. from the zoo. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be it's awesome. It's right there. Yeah. And you know, and I love the soccer. Zoo, the racetrack, it's <laughs> the, all close. The, uh, yeah, the science, um, science, like Discovery Center Coliseum. thing they have there. Yeah, 
and you know and i love soccer too um and i don't i don't mean to take up all the all the time talking and shit but i just wanted to say one more thing i love watching soccer too but the only thing that sucks about the olympics and soccer at this time is you don't get the same caliber players for each country because you've still got um you just had the euros end mm-hmm. all right and then now you've got uh what is it the viva world cup and then plus you got uh c-o-n-c-a-f that's fixing a start um so you don't get the same caliber of players with soccer because they're out doing the other tournaments. That yeah, are, they're the, in other the, leagues. The other major tournaments that are going on during the summer. So, I mean, I still love to watch it. Um, matter of fact, I <laughs> I actually thought it was quite funny that USA lost to, to Sweden. I mean, obviously I want USA to win, but the women's USA team, I don't know, they've been kind of pissing me off lately. So. <laughs> When's the next World Cup? A uh, couple years. 22. Is it next year? I thought it was. I thought it it's was every every four it's years. Every four it's every years. four years, well, like the 18. Olympics. Was it eighteen? Then we last had it. I could have sworn it was two years after the Olympics. Let me see. I'll look it up. While Adrian's doing that, um, we're not going to do the whole spiel, but go buy your alcohol from Rocket Brews. Definitely. If if you haven't by now, you're missing out. Because they've got exclusive beers that you can't find anywhere else, and they're cheaper. Yeah, 2022 is the next world. Cup. And they're good. the best micheladas. Micheladas, oh yeah. The the July drink was really good. Uh, now we're going to creep into the end of summer, into the fall. They're going to have all types of exclusive drinks, so you need to check out Rocket Brews whenever you get a chance. They're the best in town. They're and, only getting better. And I had, because I got tired of waiting on Estella, um, I went down to Peloton and had some elote. Man... <laughs> It How was, was so it? Good. It was good. It was good. I, you know, it's I my first my first venture into um, places like Peloton was El Tropico. I think everybody went to El Tropico first, right? Because it was there before Peloton. But do y'all have a preference between the two? Do y'all venture out there enough? I like them both, but the newer one, El Peloton, that, that place is is phenomenal, and it's really busy. Like yeah. last time we we went, we had to wait. We had to pull up and wait, and they took our order. Took a while, but it was worth it. Like I've never had a bad drink there. The ice cream's great. Like if if you if you're looking for a place to travel to, that's a place you need to go. Yeah, yeah. It's right on. uh, It's on Martin Road, kind of tucked away Mm. in the shopping center. Almost everybody in Amarillo knows where Tacos Garcia is. That's 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 a pretty good staple. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've the the original one, the original one on the boulevard. If you've grown up there, and so. You know, if you know where that is, it's just north of Tacos. But Adrian and I, we want to get a shout out to uh, Flamingos. Flamingos? What's that? The Flamingos Latin Bar and Grill. It's in the old um, Taco Villa on the boulevard, right okay. next to where the old Blockbuster used to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, when, that Taco next, Villa, next when that Taco Villa closed down not mm. too long ago. Well, it's been a couple of years at this point. They but, renovated it. It looks super nice in there. You can bring your own beer in. Really? We went to the, the Asian market right next door. The last two times we went and we bought a six pack and brought it in. Yeah. And you went recently, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Um, I went to, oh, well, I went to my parents' house um, uh, just to check on them, see how they were doing. And uh, 
my mom was like, I really don't feel like making dinner, and your dad's already ate. And I was like, well, let's me and you go out to eat, right? And uh, she said she wanted some Mexican food, and I was like, well, I haven't taken you to Flamingos yet. I said, and I think that's the best Mexican food in town, so let's go. And um, it didn't disappoint. Again, I've been there before a few times, but the only thing I've ever had there was their birria tacos, which are amazing. Mm. Uh, this time, I actually decided to get something different. I got their carne guisada, which was also amazing. And I think my mom had the enchiladas. Um, is it is it Mexican or is it Tex-Mex? It, no, oh, it's, it's very authentic. I think it's the it's most got authentic. La- a Latin spice to it, too. Really? They've got some dishes, you know, that you normally wouldn't find in your re- regular Mexican food restaurant. Yeah. What I like about them is, again, that I feel like they're the most authentic. Like, when it comes to, like, their beans, for example, um, they're not, like, like, every other Mexican restaurant I go to, I always feel like their beans are so mushed that it's almost like they're instant beans. Can. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, but, like, their beans at Flamingo's, you can tell that they're not mushed. Um, They're still refried beans, but you can tell that they're not mushed and... They're more authentic and fresh, and they taste amazing. Um, I'm not a huge fan of their rice because I've never been a, a fan of chopped carrots and green beans, or not green beans, peas in my in my Mexican rice. But there are certain parts of Mexico that that that's like a staple in their Spanish rice. They put like chopped carrots and and peas in the rice, but I'm, I've never been a been fa- big fan of that. But, I mean, it's not terrible. I love it. I still love it. I still like it. Um, uh, I've just never been a fan of those additions in my rice. But We uh, had the uh, sada fries for an appetizer, and those were the best sada fries I've ever had. They're amazing. I haven't had those yet. I need, I need to try those. I need to try those. Yeah. So one night we've got to just post up there and all go out to eat because it's worth it. It's worth the drive over there. Another place that you guys need to consider going, um, there's a little taco, talk, it's not necessarily a taco truck, um, it's more of like a little trailer, it's next to Pete's Automotive on the corner mm. of 24th and mm-hmm. Grand, it's called Don Tonios. Don they've, Tonios. Yeah, they've that's, got, um... they've got a birria pizza, mm. O-M-G. Gotta that shit it. is amazing. Sounds good. All that's right. uh, that's actually Montreal's kind of offshoot, right? It's a little bit f- further well, down the no, boulevard. No, 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 no. Not that. It, not that it's uh, Montreal's on on like Boulevard. Well, it's close to Forest Hill. But no, yeah. Oh, I know. And I'm, what I'm saying is that Taco Truck is mm, owned by the same. North. It's owned by the same people that own Montreal. I don't know if it's is the it? same people. Yeah. Um, okay. Because yeah. the the late uh, there's a lady that I work with at the prison, and um, her daughter, her son in law. Uh, his family is the ones that own it. And I don't know if it's the same people who own it. Or want well, I know that one of the women that works there at the truck also works. Like She she was the one that told me she also works at Montreal, and she said that they're kind I of, think they're somehow connected. Yeah, they're connected. Okay. Maybe family or something yeah. like that. But yeah, that, that's yeah. A That's good awesome when those, those really good restaurants can have their own taco truck that yeah. can travel. Because not everybody can always get to the restaurant in time or... Staying out late, those taco trucks save lives. Yeah, that Viria pizza was amazing, though. They even they it. even give you the the au jus sauce or whatever 
and they put it in the middle of the pizza so you get your slice right and then you dip it in the sauce and then eat it like a pizza it's oh my god <laughs> mouth mouth watering just thinking about it we gotta try it all right I'm down. I'm <laughs> they down. do. We it, should do a, a, a taco truck episode. If you do, t- if you do order yes. it, I, I do want to say, I do want to give you a fair warning. If you order it, call it in ahead because mm-hmm. they do take a while to make it. Like it takes like 15, 20 minutes to make it. So call it in before you go and pick it up. That way you're not waiting so long. Pro tip. Pro tip. Or Life go hack. Order, <laughs> order it and then go walk around. Uh, um, what is that? Pride Home Center for a little bit. Yeah, you know, go shopping. Find yourself a nice uh, trash can and get some tile tr- and a trees and a rug. market. Go walk ar- market. Yeah, go yeah. walk around your liquor store. <laughs> your liquor store. <laughs> Literally, called. it's your liquor store. Your liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Adrian, that place on Twenty Fourth is really good. I kind of just noticed something. You match James and I now. I know. In terms of, uh, you have an iPhone. Yes. So was this? Is this your first one? Yes. And I used to talk all kinds of shit about iPhone and <laughs> iPhone users. Um. So prior prior to me getting Samsung phones, I was I was using I was still using Android phones, but I was using like the Motorola's and stuff like that. 2015, I bought a, a Samsung Galaxy Note Five. And I thought that was the greatest phone I've ever purchased in my life. And I never used anything but a Samsung since. And when we came back from New Orleans, um, well, really, let me start before that. Before that, I had gotten a notification from AT&T saying, hey, you're eligible to upgrade, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, let me wait until after we come back from New Orleans and so when we got back, I went to AT and T, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time to just try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played around with some of the iPhones, and I really liked how the iPhone 12 felt. Uh, and and nothing to knock my 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 Galaxy. I had a Samsung Galaxy Ultra 20. Hang on, what? 20 Ultra. Okay. You don't even know what it was called. That's what it's called. Oh, that, that's Samsung sa- that Galaxy. Yeah, I know. Samsung Galaxy S- Ultra 20. S20. <laughs> Premier edition. S20 Ultra. Good weed, good coke. Okay. S- <laughs> S20 Ultra. That's what I had. Okay. Are you sure about it? So instead of it being an S20 Plus, it's an S20 Ultra. It's bigger than the Plus. Anyways. So I had an S20 Ultra. This That thing had like a 6.9 inch screen on it. Okay. And it felt like a brick in my fucking pocket. It's too whenever big. Whenever huh? I had it, it was it too was bulky. it was massive. That's a big ass screen. It, it was yeah. massive. It was like having a little miniature tablet in your pocket. And so when I looked at the iPhone 12, and I was like, "Man, this is it's lightweight. It's small." Matter of fact, this uh, as I was leaving work this morning, I was leaving the or this afternoon, I was leaving the college, and I was like, "Fuck." Where's my phone? And I was like, oh, shit, it's right here in my pocket. <laughs> it's just I didn't feel it because yeah, it's yeah. so lightweight. And and I love that about – I love I love it about the iPhone 12. I have the iPhone 12. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I, there are a lot of things that I do miss about the Samsung. I, I miss the home button and I miss the back button. I feel like on the Samsungs, it's a lot easier to maneuver from app to app. 
Um, I also don't like the fact that I have to have a passcode to open my phone every fucking time. Because uh, I'm lazy and I don't want to have to put you have the a face re- recognition on. No, I haven't haven't set that up yet. You need to do that. But I yeah. but yeah, I'm gonna have to because I have my bank app on my phone, but it won't let me set it up until I do a face ID, and I'm like, fuck that face ID, you know. <laughs> Like I'm just, I'm it just makes like it so it's, much look, more convenient, it's looking though. at you anyway. Just, yeah. The infrared on this thing is going fucking crazy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, I'm just one of those lazy people that I just want to swipe my phone up and then bam, I have access to all my stuff. But I mean, I do think it's a good thing because you know, if someone steals my phone, then you know, obviously they're not going to be able to get into it unless they. I think it's like a one. Have my face I think it's or like a one my passcode. One in hundred thousand. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that? I, I think that's what it is. Wow. It's a, or maybe one out of a million. But I'm still. I remember hearing it and thinking, oh, there's still seven billion motherfuckers on this planet. You know, if it's only one in a hundred thousand, that doesn't make it very helpful. That I mean, <laughs> that means two people in Amarillo can unlock my phone. But yeah, see, yeah. like I just look at it and it's. But you like the camera yeah. better. Uh, the camera is actually pretty similar. I mean, I really don't notice a, a big difference between the two as far as the cameras go. Um. What about the general user interface? Uh, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's pretty similar to it, but... Well, one of the main differences that I've noticed with the iPhone is you do a lot more swiping. Okay, so okay. you do a lot more swiping, and then plus the Samsung has that back button, but on the iPhone, the back button <coughs> is really just integrated into whatever app that you're using. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, it's just, it's not a big change. It's just a change that I have to get used to because I've I've been used to using <coughs> that back button for the last six years. So, yeah, it, but it I mean, it, it, only, it only really took me the first couple of days to get used to it. And now I'm using this iPhone like I've been using it for the last few years, you know. Mm. So, I mean, it didn't take a long time to get used to. One thing that I was I wasn't really worried about switching operating systems. I was only worried about losing all of my shit, my photos, my contacts and things of that nature. But all I had to do was go into the AT&T store and download an app on my old phone called uh Move to iOS and it took like maybe 20 minutes to transfer all of my stuff from my old phone to my new phone via that app in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So I mean, it made it, it made it, it, it made it super, yeah, it made it super easy. So, and I had a ton of stuff. I mean, a ton of photos, videos. Um, I had like a hundred and something contacts. So, um, so yeah. So now you're here to stay. I mean, there's no going back now. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, again, I didn't switch because I, I disliked Samsung or I got tired of Samsung. I just wanted something new. I just wanted something different. Yeah. You know? gonna it's going to grow on you. You'll I'm going like to bullshit on that. How many group texts are you a part of <laughs> where everybody else in the group text has an iPhone and they get pissed off because that's always... But they, they send pictures and it's like, God damn it, why does that picture look like shit? <laughs> Fuck Adrian's on it. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, here's one thing that I noticed is like on my Samsung, 
and I and that's one thing that I haven't figured out on this on this iPhone yet is on Samsung it was very very easy to block notifications on group messages. And I haven't figured that out on iPhones you can't. yet. Once you get on a group message, there's no getting off. It's like fucking hell. We'll see. And you, I like you on the Samsungs. You can't get out of the group group message, but I can still block the notifications so it's not blowing up. I my think phone. there's a way you can. Ding, ding, you can ding, ding, turn ding, off ding, your notifications. You can. Ding, 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 you can turn ding, off your ding, notifications ding, ding, ding. and like mine are off. And yeah, like if someone texts me, I, I won't know until I open it. Yeah. You, so you find the text. And then you scroll from the right to the left, and you just hit the little button that has the... Oh, okay. And there you go. All right. It silencios it. <laughs> gotcha. uh, do that again. Let me see. Turn it on. Look at your phone so that it unlocks it. Hold on. Let so me put in my passcode. Let me put in my passcode right way, quick. And then you have two options of deleting oh, and silencing, and I, you just silence okay, it. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I, you know, the only reason... I, I, I switched to Samsung for a little bit, but I... I I put too much shit on iTunes when I was like nineteen twenty, and I ripped too many movies that are still on my iTunes on some computers uh, to 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 get out of it. So I'm fucking stuck. And now this is what some bullshit is: is we have <laughs> we have um, we have so many fucking pictures of our children over the last five years, uh, and so I pay for two hundred gigs of iCloud and it's like 99 cents or 299 it's, mm. it's not but I'm almost fucking out of room and so now it's like well the next thing we have is two terabytes and that's 10 bucks a month oh man I'm like shit so now I've got to go out and buy a fucking cloud a home based cloud to put, store my shit in and teach my wife how to use it and that's just going to be boring as fuck. No offense, Kaylin. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this but I, I know if I tell her hey Kaylin we need to we need to buy our own home based cloud because we have Fucking well, how does that work? How do you buy your own home based cloud? Like you just, just you, you just buy computer? yeah, you just buy. I mean, you just buy a Western digital cloud based. Um, you hook it up to your Wi Fi, and then you download the app on your phone, and you transfer everything from the app onto there, and it stores it there as opposed to on your on your cloud provided. It's the same cloud, or it's the same concept. I've never as heard what of that. iCloud is you just do it. On, it's hella cheap. I mean, I think you can. I think you can buy one for probably two hundred bucks, and then it's just a one-time thing, and you store all of your stuff on there, and you can access it through pretty much anywhere you have the app because it's all done through Wi-Fi. That's neat. I didn't. I never knew that was an option. Yeah, saves you money. It's just it's convenient, and it's been convenient to be charged two dollars a month and not have to worry about it. And it's like fucking. What thirty bucks a year? I'm not really worried about thirty bucks a year when I have access to all of my pictures. Yeah, of all of my children's. Well, summer's coming to an end. This podcast is coming to an end. So is this podcast. So stay tuned next week. We'll bring you probably a couple next week. Um, I'll be here all alone. Will you really? Yeah. Fucking party, bro. Kids <laughs> fucking rage, man. Rage. You know what? Here's what we're gonna do. Um, when when do you when are you alone? Uh, Thursday through Sunday. Okay, so Thursday night. I'm off. Thursday night, we want to host one of our listeners as a guest on our show. Sounds good. You just you have got to, a few you, people in mind. Well, I want someone to fucking email us. We've, so we've got a few there. One of our one of, one of our listeners, 
one of our <laughs> listeners needs to email us, and we will buy you a, a meat and cheese tray, and uh, some hog's head cheese, some hog's head cheese, and uh, <laughs> and some and some, some Mad Dog Mad Dog twenty twenty. Yeah, and we'll get the show. Sounds on the road. like a plan. Yeah, but yeah, this was episode fifty nine. I'm Jared Scott, and I am James Fairchild. I'm Adrian Soto. Tune in next week. Your last name's Soto. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Peace.